You are now tuned in to the Believe Podcast Network. Do you believe? The following podcast is a production of the network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Welcome to the Herd and 10 podcast. Here's your host, Jake Fratinsky. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Herd and 10 podcast. I'm your host, Jake Fratinsky. You can find me on Twitter at jfortinskynfl. You can also check out any of our dedicated social media accounts at Herd and 10. We're always posting there. So if this weekly show isn't enough and you need more Bill's coverage, you need more Bill's copy. We got lots of written copy, lots of content coming out every single week on all of our social media platforms. Bill's win, Bill's win, Bill's win. This is the final time I get to say that for the NFL regular season. I hope that I'm going to be able to say this next week and the week after and the week after that and throughout the playoffs. We'll have to see what happens in the postseason. But coming into the postseason, the Bills lock up the second seed. In the AFC, of course, because there's seven teams this year, they do not get the bye. But they do get a solid matchup against the Indianapolis Colts. Since the Bills are the second seed and the Colts are the seventh seed, the Colts are going to have to come to town. They're going to have to play in Buffalo, in Orchard Park. I like our chances. I like the situation we're in here. I think the Bills are in a very good situation they are coming in and I say this later with the guests on in the show the bills are red hot really they are just burning up they're dominating teams offensively their defense is starting to really come alive and look like they did the last couple years they're looking elite you have the special teams, which has been really solid as well, with Corey Bajorquez punting well and Tyler Bass kicking really well. The Bills are really coming into the playoffs, into the postseason, very complete. That doesn't mean that they're ready to go and will for sure win, but they're coming in strong. They're in the best position they can possibly be in. The Bills are entering the postseason at 13 and 3. I mean, what can we complain about there? The Bills had a dynamite season. I thought they'd go 11 and 5. They went 13 and 3. And it's also the way they did it. They arguably could have been 14 and 2 if not for that Hail Mary against the Cardinals at the end of the game, a true miracle for the Cardinals. Other than that, the Bills would be 14-2. and two. I mean, losing to Kansas City and Tennessee being the only losses, that's pretty impressive. Let's 
go over some of the stats from some of the Bills' top players on the offense. I really want to focus on Josh Allen to start. Takes a huge leap from 2019 to 2020. I want to go over these numbers. In both seasons, he played 16 games. 58.79 completion percentage in 2019. That skyrockets to 69.23%. That's unbelievable. It's really uncommon to see that. And it's clear that the mechanics that he changed over the offseason made a massive difference. He also jumps from 3,089 yards passing to 4,544 passing yards, which also breaks the franchise record. He breaks Drew Bledsoe's franchise single season passing yards record. Then average yards per throw goes from 6.7 to 7.9. His long 53 to 55, not a huge difference. The touchdowns, I mean, this is big. He goes from 20 passing touchdowns to 37, which is also a Bills franchise single season record. He breaks Jim Kelly's 33 touchdown record. And in all of that, he threw 10 interceptions versus last season throwing nine. So, He threw 17 more touchdowns and only one more interception. That's a big deal. He also attempted a lot more passes. He attempted 572 passes versus only 461 in 2019. And it should also be noted that on top of the 37 touchdowns, he tacked on another eight rushing touchdowns, which is similar to last season where he put up nine and the prior year he put up eight. So not a huge difference there. He ran a little less. His attempts were slightly less. And he ran for 421 yards instead of 510 yards. Not a huge change there. But we know he's really not relying on the run. Every single season that goes by, Josh Allen relies more and more on the passing and less so on the running. And that's really what you want to see in a franchise quarterback. Look, Josh Allen is in the MVP conversation. And he should be. Throws for over 4,500 yards, combines for 45 touchdowns, and only 10 interceptions. And what I argue is probably the most important stat here is his passer rating. It went from 85.3 to 107.2. 107.2. That is an incredible season. It is something way beyond what I personally ever expected Josh Allen to get to. He has exceeded my expectations. He is a superstar now. It's it's really unbelievable. I did not think I'd be doing a show. Firstly, I didn't think I'd be doing a podcast this season. Kind of hit me, started it. I've loved it. Didn't think that was going to happen. But I also didn't think that Josh Allen was going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league and have a passer rating of 107.2. Josh Allen had multiple games this season that were practically perfect. What else do you want? The guy has done it all this season, and he's done it consistently. 
And that's really a big thing here. When I talk with some of our guests later in this episode, we talk about that Josh Allen's consistency is what's really coming across and what's really proving that he is here to stay. He didn't do this for a couple weeks. He did this for 16 games. He had a couple games that weren't as impressive, but overall, he really showed consistency. Let's jump to the next player, Stefan Diggs. What an addition to the team. They could have given up even more, and I would have been happy. Stefan Diggs, at the end of the regular season, after playing 16 games, he has led all NFL receivers with 127 receptions, 1,535 receiving yards. He tacked on eight touchdowns. What a miraculous season. I don't believe a Bills receiver has ever led the league in receptions and receiving yards. So, Stefan Diggs, thank you and welcome. We appreciate everything you have done. I'm sure all of you listening right now appreciate what Stefan Diggs has done, what he's done for Josh Allen, what he's done for the Bills offense, what he does for the team off the field. Coming into this season, a lot of analysts said that he might not fit in, he's a diva, he causes trouble, he causes drama. We have not seen that at all. He puts his body on the line for other players. We've seen him diving to block guys so Cole Beasley can break out. We've seen him pointing to another open receiver for Josh Allen to hit the other receiver. He has been nothing but a team player. And it's paying off. He's being a team player. He's helping his other teammates. And he's killing it statistically. Let's jump to the next receiver. Cole Beasley puts up Huge numbers this season. These are numbers that he has never put up in his entire career. Career highs. 82 receptions. 967 yards. And then tacks on four touchdowns. Beasley has had an incredible season. At this point in time, as I'm recording this, Beasley has not been cleared yet for this playoff game. Hopefully he's going to be okay. Hopefully he's going to be ready to go. But wow, he has had a hell of a season. And really, we are definitely going to want to have him for the playoffs. There's one other player I want to talk about. And it's not John Brown. It's not Trey Weiss. not any of those guys. All those guys had really good seasons. John Brown had some injuries. But you look at Tredavious White, Levi Wallace, Jerry Hughes. The list goes on. I could spend hours talking about every single player who's had an impressive season. I'm not going to do that this episode. I really want to spend some time talking about the upcoming matchup. But I just want to give some love to Antonio Williams. Undrafted free agent, comes in, plays one game, which was against the Dolphins, and had a really impressive outing. He had 12 rushes, 63 yards, an average of 5.3 yards per carry, tacks on two rushing touchdowns. He even had a reception for 20 yards. It's not just the stats, it's the way he looked. Antonio Williams was running hard. He was running with a purpose, and I loved that. I don't know if he's going to play in the playoffs. I don't know if the Bills are even going to suit him up, but 
I really like this guy. I think he showed a lot of potential. Yes, it was at the end of the season. Yes, the game was over by the time he came in. But still, some of the things he was doing, and especially given the lack of run game that we've had all season, I think Antonio Williams is going to have a real shot to make the roster next season and really play next season. I don't know if he'll be a star, but he can certainly play. We really have not seen a whole lot from Devin Singletary and rookie running back Zach Moss. And I think that the door is wide open. There is a great opportunity for Antonio Williams to be something special. I think I'll end up talking a lot more about him in the offseason, assuming the Bills hold on to him. But I don't want to spend too much time on it. But I just, I really wanted to give him some love because I really think he deserves it. He had an impressive performance on a team that has really struggled to run the ball. And there weren't massive holes for him, but he was plowing guys over. You got to just love that from him. You got to love the effort and the passion that he showed. So I just, I had to bring him up. Now let's get into the drive of the game. The drive of the game is brought to you by The Drive. This game is incredible. It's a card game. It makes every game more exciting. I play it with my friends. I play it with my family. All you have to do is put in a dollar, a few dollars. You can just play for cents if that's what you're comfortable with. And whoever you're watching with will pick a card prior to the drive. So let's say I pick a field goal, my friend picks a touchdown, my other friend picks a fumble. If the team that is driving the ball on that drive gets a field goal, I win the money that was put in the pot. I win the loot. So if each of us put a few bucks, I win back whatever, $10, $20. It's a really cool game. And you can go and buy it at playthedrive.com. So let's get into this drive. I want to talk about the drive that was in the second quarter and it gave the Bills a 28-6 lead. First and 10, the Bills are on their 25. Josh Allen is in the shotgun. He throws a pass to the right to Diggs and it goes for 16 yards. He then goes no huddle, shotgun, a deep pass, 27 yards pass to John Brown. Yeah, that's right. John Brown was getting in on the action. Nice to see him back. It's going to be great to have him in the playoffs. Next, Allen, shotgun, incomplete. Okay, that's all right. I like that the Bills are attacking. Remember, at this point in time, the Bills are up 21-6, to and they are just not stopping. They're still throwing the ball. Josh Allen is still playing. Next play, second and 10. The Bills are on Miami's 32. Josh Allen in shotgun, deep right. To John Brown for 32 yards. Touchdown. Then Bills hit the extra point. We're all good to go. Bills go up 28-6. That to me is the drive of the game. Because it really closed this game out. It put the final nail in the coffin. And I love that John Brown got involved. Because he's had a really tough time this season. He's had a lot of injuries. He finally was back this week. He looked really healthy for the first time in a while. And he scored a touchdown. And it was a beauty. It was a great play. Allen was clearly gaining that chemistry again with John Brown that they had last season and early on this season. So it's nice to have him back, especially with Beasley hurt. It's really going to be crucial to have John Brown back 
Whether Beasley plays or not, we don't know if he's going to be a hundred percent. Having John Brown there is really going to keep the passing game open. It's going to allow Allen to have multiple options. So that is the drive of the game. Now, let's get straight into the weekly wins and lazy losses. So this segment is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. But they now also offer products for other parts of your body. Before I get into this segment, I want to tell you a little bit about Manscaped's latest product, the new Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, which uses the same skin-safe technology when you're trimming those delicate nose hairs of yours. If you buy this product using the promo code HERDAND10, you will receive 20% off and free shipping. So please, go visit manscaped.com and when you go to purchase an item and hit checkout, include the promo code HERDAND10 and get 20% off and free shipping for your entire order. So get the new Weed Whacker and or the Lawn Mower 3.0 and make your balls a priority this holiday season. Weekly wins. The Bills need to stop the run. I talk about this later in the show, but Jonathan Taylor, rookie running back for the Indianapolis Colts, has looked really impressive this season. He's a guy that you need to focus on. I believe if the Bills can stop the run, stop Taylor, the Bills will win this game. That's really the X factor. I don't think it's Phillip Rivers. I don't think it's T.Y. Hilton. I don't even think it's the Colts' defense. I really think it's Taylor. If Taylor goes off for a 200-plus yard rushing game and has a couple touchdowns, the Colts are going to be in this game. It doesn't mean they're going to win the game, but they could be in the game. And I think the way you ensure that they're not in this game and that it's not competitive is you shut down the run. Force Rivers to throw all over the field. Make that older man throw the ball all over the defense. Make him force throws. That's how you're going to beat this team. Lazy losses. If the Bills don't play their game, if they play nervous, if they play scared, They could lose this game. They have to just go in, play the way they've been playing every week. Don't be conservative. Play your game. The Bills game now is a heavy passing offense, an attacking offense, an offense that isn't afraid to push the ball down the field over and over again. Let Josh Allen back up in the pocket. Let him take his time and make big plays. That's the way this offense wins. So don't try to play a different game because it's the playoffs. Don't be conservative. Don't start running the ball all the time. Play their game. They're the better team in this matchup. They're the more talented team. They're the more complete team. And they're at home with fans. There's going to be 6,700 fans. So show these fans what you're made of. Play your game and take control of the game. Don't let the Colts play their game. Play your game. If the Bills don't play their game and they don't take control and allow the Colts to determine this game and really control this game, both on the field when they're running 
and defensively. If they allow the Colts to control this game and they don't play their game and they play conservatively and maybe have a slow start, you're going to give confidence to the Colts and the Bills could lose this game if they do that. Don't let any confidence leak out. Don't allow any confidence to seep into the Colts players' minds. Take control of this game and that's how you're going to win this game. Before we go to a quick break, I want to tell you who you're going to hear from soon. We're going to have Dave Naylor on. He has been doing this for decades. He works for TSN, which is the sports network. It's the largest sports network in Canada. He's a sports fanatic, and he's the NFL football insider for TSN. So it's great to have a guy like that on this show to talk about where the Bills were in the 90s and how that might be similar to where they're at now. So that's who we're going to have on in just a quick break. And later on, we're going to have Lindsay Darkangelo, who really is also a great sports fan. She writes for The Athletic. She's also got a brand new book coming out in November about the Women's National Football League. And I'll talk a little bit about that later. I honestly didn't even know that existed. So we got a lot of good stuff coming up. With Dave, we're going to talk about the Dolphins game and the Bills season as a whole and what we can take from that. And then we're also going to talk to Lindsay about the Bills' upcoming matchup against the Colts and getting pumped up for the wildcard weekend when the Bills play Saturday at 1.05 p.m. against the Colts in Orchard Park. So we'll be back in just a moment. Thanks. It's the gift-giving season, and now there's a great card game that gives you action on any televised football game you watch. Just add your family, friends, and fun, and you have The Drive. Playthedrive.com. If you miss The Drive, you miss the party. Playthedrive.com. Welcome back to the Herd and 10 podcast. As mentioned earlier in this episode, we have Dave Naylor on. Dave, you've been around the block. You know your sports really well. You're the football insider for TSN. This is what you do. What are your thoughts on the Bills after such an incredible season at 13 and 3? You know, the if I think of the Bills franchise over, you know, the last quarter century, I, I think of sort of missing expectations. I mean, there have been periods, you know, where expectations uh in and around Orchard Park, New York, you know, got pretty significant. I mean, if you if you think of and I was covering the team for the Globe and Mail around the time when, you know, the Marshawn Lynch, Trent Edwards era, when the, you know, those guys started to emerge and you had, you know, what looked like there was a year there where they went 4-0 in September, right? And, and, I, and I just think consistently the word that has described the Bills over the last quarter century for the most part, you know, new head coaches, drafting quarterbacks, you know, good starts in September is disappointing, you know, and, and just falling short of expectations. And now this season, after the playoffs last year and the tough loss, and you come into a year where expectations were again kind of on the rise. And not only have they met them, but they've exceeded them. I, I would think even the most optimistic Buffalo Bills fan at the start of this year, uh, you know, having been snake bitten, you know, many times by those kinds of expectations uh, previously, you know, you, you, you're, you've got your hopes up that it's going to be different this time. But when you look at them, you know, winning over the last month by a margin of, you know, 20 points, which is, you know, it doesn't happen very often in the NFL and week to week, never mind in a string like this with a 13 win season, you know, and built around a 24 year old quarterback who's setting franchise marks 
uh, sweeping the division. I mean, I, I, the thing that, that jumps out to me is this is a team that has exceeded expectations. And that's something that the Bills haven't really been known for. Yeah, I think that that really encapsulates what has happened over so many decades. You know, you talk about that even the most optimistic fans could not have anticipated 13-3, and three, sweeping the division, Josh Allen being in that MVP conversation. But when we look back on this season, we look at maybe the Bills had some struggles earlier on in the season, more defensively sure. than anything else. But it seems like they've cleaned all that up, and they're now entering the playoffs as hot as they could possibly ever be and you talked about just before we jumped on this call how there's some parallels between them and the blue jays maybe you want to talk a little to that and and what these two franchises have seen since the 90s up until this period of time well i, I you know it occurred to me you know when you when you go back and if you know i'm i'm 53 years old so if you go back to the early 1990s when the blue jays were winning world series and the bills were going to super bowls like i was in my kind of college post-college years uh, which is probably as, you know, when you're as engaged in sports as, as at any time in your life. And I was just kind of getting into the profession. But, uh, you know, for both those franchises, I mean, the Blue Jays are not always, you know, top of mind in Major League Baseball. And the Bills can be marginalized a little bit on the NFL map. But those teams were just consistently in the spotlight. And even though the Bills didn't win a Super Bowl, I mean, getting to four in a row is an incredible accomplishment. You know, the Blue Jays went back-to-back World Series in 92-93. And I think both markets really reveled in being in that spotlight. And, <laughs> and then you look at what happened over the next 20 years. It, I mean, if you'd said to anybody, you know, when the Blue Jays won that second World Series in 93, you know, it'll be you know two decades before they're back in the playoffs or, you know, the length of time the Buffalo Bills have gone, you know, since hosting a playoff game, which was just a regular, I mean, market in kind of occurrence uh, every year there for a while. It, it's just, it's interesting the parallels that those franchises went through. And, you know, the Blue Jays came back a few years ago, got back to an American League Championship Series. They've taken a step back. But it's, you know, I've always thought there was a bit of symmetry between what happened in the early 1990s and then the, the great void that, that followed. And, look, you know, Bills fans in on the, this side of the border tend to run hot and cold, right? Like, I knew a lot more Bills fans you know, in the early 90s than I did, you know, in the mid-2000s sort of thing. Um, but you still have those people here who, you know, whose roots go back to those years, you know, the Jim Kelly years and, and lived through all that. And, and they've never really gone away. Uh, they've suffered with fans in Buffalo, you know, the same way. Uh, and those people are, you know, coming out of the woodwork now, which is, which is kind of nice to see. It's true. It's it, look, we're happy to add more fans. <laughs> The Bills being that smaller market, you get that unique feel. But if we can have more fans and ideally get more primetime games, that would be the perfect scenario. Of course, the Bills are not getting a primetime game in the upcoming yeah. <laughs> Colts matchup in the playoffs, which I think a lot of people were surprised about. I'm not surprised. They got a bunch of primetime games the last few weeks. You had to feel that if they were playing the Titans, they would. But against the Colts, it's just not yeah. as of an intriguing matchup. And that's probably why they've been stashed at 105 on Saturday. But what I want to just talk about a little bit is the Dolphins game. The, the Bills dominated the Dolphins. They also helped knock the Dolphins out of the playoffs. Now, I don't think that was the Bills' intention, but that seems to be what has happened, right? The other teams that needed to win won with the Browns, the Colts, Baltimore, and that 
ensured that the Dolphins wouldn't move on. Is that really important moving forward for the AFC East? Because the Dolphins, it appears they're going to be the Bills' new arch nemesis. So is it a good thing that the Dolphins have not made the playoffs? And then again, now the quarterback controversy ideally comes back to Miami and therefore causes more turmoil? Or is it not necessarily impactful? Or maybe it drives the Dolphins for next season to hate the Bills more? You know, I, I think, and in, in New England kind of wrote the book on this, right? If you're going to go to the playoffs consistently year in, year out, the first thing you got to do is dominate your division. And no team has dominated their division in football, probably in football history, like the New England Patriots dominated the AFC East. I don't need to tell Bills fans about that. They know it. They lived it. You know, that's part of it. And I, and I think the dominance that, that Buffalo showed now the AFC East was not the toughest division of football this year. Right. I mean, the jets were, you know, say no more, the jets, uh, you know, the, the dolphins were a team that were, were kind of teasing their fans, you know, and, and even after they made the quarterback switch, you know, that's a kind of switch that once you make that, you don't want to have to go back uh, even in game. And, and, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick was honest when they made that change that, that, you know, he didn't, he didn't, wasn't in favor of it. I mean, played well enough to keep the job. Everyone knows when you draft a guy like they did with Tua that it's not an if, it's a when. Uh, but the, the, I guess the question would be, you know, if you're the Dolphins right now and you're looking at the San Diego Chargers, you know, and Justin Herbert, yeah, how are you feeling about Tua, you know, when you look at your number one? And if you're a Bills fan, are you, know, are you glad that, that Justin Herbert's not in your division and Tua is? Because we don't know. But, you know, Tua's really a mystery right now at this point. And, you know, where that franchise is, is going to go. And I, I just think the, the thing for Buffalo is anytime you see a game where one team's got way more on the line than another. I mean, football's an effort game, right? Like, it's not like baseball where sometimes you can see a team that, uh, that doesn't have as much on the line as another. And it's, it's not a game where necessarily, you know, more effort necessarily helps you, you know, it's, it's a bit of a finesse game, but football's an effort game. And, and often, you know, you, yeah. And you can probably see this in, in betting lines and the way fans follow those kinds of things is, you know, they look at two teams and they say, which one's got more to play for. Well, unquestionably in this one, it was the dolphins and, you know, to see the bills roll up on them like that in the second half, in the second quarter, and then, you know, Miami has an opportunity to come back into the game because a lot of Buffalo's number ones are coming out of the game because it doesn't mean as much to them. And, you know, they really didn't have a didn't have an answer. So, you know, I, I think you want to put this stamp on this division. I think you want to intimidate other teams. You want to get in their heads. And I think laying down that kind of beating in a week 17 game can you know only be good for the Bills going forward. Yeah, it's true. Laying down a beating at the end of a season against a divisional rival and then therefore sweeping the entire division, yeah. like you said, really puts a stamp. It shows that we're here and ideally we're here to stay. Now, my final question is, is really some stuff you were just talking about, which is the quarterback scenario here. Yeah. You have Josh Allen, who a lot of people doubted, analysts did not believe he would be good and you have him taking a massive leap from year two to year three which I should mention is really uncommon it's wonderful I'm thrilled it's happened but the odds of that happening were quite low now granted he came from a poor team in college didn't get the development that a mm -hmm. player of his size and physical abilities would normally get but when we look back on this entire season what do you see in Josh Allen here? 
is this guy someone who's going to lead the Bills for the next decade? Is this just one miracle season? Is he maybe the MVP this season? Where are your thoughts there on Josh Allen? Well, I, I think the thing that, that jumps out of him, the word is, is consistency, right? Like everybody can have a big game when you get a team down and, and maybe you're physically dominating the line of scrimmage and, and, the, and you're getting a long time to pass and the more time to pass and the secondary can't hold the receiver. I mean, that happens week to week. But when you start putting up the numbers week after week after week and teams have had an opportunity to game plan for what you're doing and they still can't stop you. I mean, the, the thing that just comes off about Josh Allen, and you're right, like coming out of Wyoming, there's always going to be questions about, you know, stepping up in class. And can you make those abilities you know, refined enough to succeed in the National Football League? And through the first couple of years, you know, he looked like a guy who had all those raw skills that everybody evaluated. But the question was, can he refine his ability to play quarterback? And, you know, I, I think there's, you know, people talk about maturity. And it, and it really is kind of that idea that, you know, you don't have to be a hero on every play. You know, you, there's nothing wrong sometimes with taking a sack. There's certainly nothing wrong with throwing the ball out of bounds. <laughs> there's nothing wrong for, you know, with, with, with sliding. There's all those, and I know that was an issue a bit with Josh Allen, a little bit, people looking at the hits he's taken, especially early in the first half of the season. And, and again, just trying to learn to, that not every play has to be a plus play and the value in eliminating negative plays. And that's really what we've seen. I mean, you know, in, in Stephon Diggs coming to the, to the Bills, you get, I mean, I always say football is not a free agent sport, you know, like if you were, it would be interesting to kind of evaluate. I just think that there's so much in coaching and communication and meshing with your teams that it's, it's not a sport that builds it where teams are built through free agency. I mean, I remember, you know, you go back a decade ago or so the Eagles went out, like went nuts in free agency and everyone said they had the dream team. And like, I don't think they made the playoffs that year. You know, <laughs> everybody got fired. It's just, it's just not a, it's not a free agent sport. So when you see a player like, Diggs come in and make that kind of impact. I mean, that's definitely a credit to the general manager who read what the bills were, read what Josh Allen was, read what they needed. And that is up to him to take advantage of that. And he has. And so now I, I think it, you got to be absolutely thrilled when you factor in this, is a guy who's not 25 yet. Uh, you look at the, the, again, the, the refinement of his play, the elimination of negative plays uh, and the consistency I'm a big believer in Josh Allen, as, as I think a lot of people are. And this was the critical year, right? Like, if he'd had a crappy year this year, where do the Bills go with him, right? What are they? Um, so, you know, he answered emphatically. Uh, and, and, you know, those kinds of conversations that you would be having otherwise are, are just gone right now, uh, you, know, not, you know, no matter what happens you know, in, the, in the playoff game. I think there's always a question about guys, you know, winning the playoffs. They're going in this game. You know, against a team that's got a, a veteran quarterback who's played a lot of playoff games, not necessarily won a lot of them, but been there a lot. Uh, and Allen has been there just once. So, you know, this will be kind of the next measuring stick for him to see where he is at this point in his career. It's so true. Allen has had such a wonderful season. It's been a really great surprise. And now he's got a chance to really take that next step and tick that next box and win a mm -hmm. playoff game. Right, he's taking on a guy like Philip Rivers, who you mentioned has been in the playoffs, but has not won a lot in the playoffs. And you hope that Josh Allen isn't that guy. You hope that he can actually rise to the occasion and get things done. And he's shown that he is really got ice in his veins. We've seen him late in games, fourth mm -hmm. quarter drives where he just comes up big. He seems to be a winner, and that's something that a lot of the analysts missed and it's not their fault. You can't pick that up. You can't see his heart. You can't see 
how much he wants to win. Those are things that you can't necessarily pick up in college or practices. Those are just things that you start to see and learn when you're watching him game in, game out in the NFL. And we have seen that. Dave, thank you so much for coming on. Great to talk to you. You know, you got a lot to say. You've been around. You know everything there is about the Bills for the last few decades. So I really do appreciate you coming on. For sure, would love to have you on again. If anyone wants to check him out, please go to his Twitter account, at TSN Dave Naylor. He's always tweeting there. It's not just football or hockey. It's baseball, basketball. He's the guy. Dave, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, my pleasure to, to join you. And uh, you know, great to see all of Buffalo enjoying what uh, has been a long-awaited time. Hey, Bills Mafia, this has been a crazy year with a lot of changes. Good changes, like the Patriots not sitting at the top of the AFC East. But this year has certainly brought some challenges and has made it harder for us all to connect with our fellow sports fans. If you are a big sports fan like me, then you need to join this new sports fan community called Playing the Field. Playing the Field has developed a dating and community app centered around our sports fan lifestyle. It is a great sports-focused interface from their profile trading cards in your favorite team's colors down to their bubblegum in-app currency. The best part is that right now, while they're still in beta, it is 100% free to join. And you also get extra in-app bubblegum that you can trade in when their premium features get added in a few months. Go to playthefielddating.com and sign up now to buddy up, recruit teammates, or find your MVP. Also, be sure to check out their podcast, The Fan Experience, where they interview sports fans just like you and me and let them share their fan experiences. The Fan Experience is live Tuesdays and Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Or you can catch the replays on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can't have a team without a mate. Go and find one now at playthefielddating.com. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Herd and Ten podcast. As mentioned earlier in the episode, we have Lindsay D'Arcangelo on. She is a writer for The Athletic. She's also coming out with a new book in November 2021. Lindsay, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you? Maybe tell us a little bit about your upcoming book. And of course, then we'll talk about the bills. Sure. Yeah. So I write for the Athletic Buffalo and the Athletic WNBA. And uh, as you mentioned, I have a book coming out with, uh, with a co-writer called Hail Mary, um, The Rise and Fall of the National Women's Football League. And that'll be out in November 2021. And uh, basically what it's about is there was a, a National Women's Football League that existed in the 1970s for about 20 or uh, 12 years, excuse me. And uh, it's just about the players and how this league came to be and the teams and the ins and outs of it. And just, um, it's quite an incredible story because no one really knows that it existed. 
So we're happy to get the word out and to get um, those players some recognition. Yeah, that's pretty incredible. I actually had no idea that it existed either. And I'm a diehard football fan. I pride myself in knowing a lot about football and, of course, following the Bills. I can't believe it. I never knew that that existed. So I'll definitely check out that book because I think that that's really interesting. And to me, it would seem almost brand new. It's really exciting that you're bringing that to the world. Let's get right into what's upcoming this week. It might not be for November 2021, but it is going to be January 2021. And that's the Bills playoff matchup against the Indianapolis Colts. Now, the Bills come into this game red hot. They get the second seed in the AFC. They're in the conversation of a Super Bowl contender. And they're playing against a team who in the Colts has also actually gotten quite hot in the last four weeks. Their rookie running back, Jonathan Taylor, has really been lighting up the league. However, they haven't been doing it against any impressive opponents. All their opponents have been non-playoff teams. So it's going to be a whole different monster playing the Buffalo Bills. What are you most excited for in this Bills-Colts matchup? Well, I think first I'm excited that the the Bills have a home playoff game for the first time in 25 years. And I think all of Western New York um, and the Buffalo area is feeling that in a big way. I think it's a huge advantage. I know that with COVID, you're not going to have a sellout crowd, but there will be fans in the stadium for this game. Governor uh, Cuomo um, is allowing that. So at least there will be, there will be some of that, that vibe. Um, And just, just that playoff vibe going into the playoffs, not just sneaking in, you know, not getting in because you were in the hunt and another team had to win or three teams had to lose in order for, for the bills to get in this year. They were, there was no question, you know, they won the division, they swept the division and um, it was just, it was a guarantee. And like you said, they've just been, just been red hot. So why having that momentum and heading into this game, there's a bit of a different feel. Um, I'm looking forward to that mostly is just going in as kind of the team. I think most people will be picking. Um, There's still a little bit of, of me. And I think this is just something bills fans have naturally after a 25 year drought like this is um, just feeling like you're not fully confident because I think the Colts are better than the record shows. I know that they haven't played the same caliber of teams perhaps this year, but uh, they're definitely, they're no, they're, they're no, they're better than their, their seventh seed. Um, I think um, makes them look. Yeah. And I think there's some other teams that I would have preferred to mm-hmm. see the bills play. I think it would have been excellent if we could play the dolphins given what yep. we just did to them. But like you said, yeah, the Colts are certainly better than their record shows or less so their record, but more their seventh seed. They do not appear to be a seventh seed team. When you look at their team as a whole, they are quite complete. Now, are they inferior to the Bills in almost every aspect? Yes, but it's not to say they're not good in those aspects. They have a good passing game. They have a good running game. They have a good defense. I don't think any of those are quite as impressive as the Bills. I suppose their run game is better than the Bills, but the Bills' pass game is just so potent. When we look at the season, look at the records Josh Allen has broken for the Bills. 
as a franchise. Look at Stefan Diggs. He led the league in both receptions and receiving yards. Those are things that a Bills receiver has never accomplished in the history of this franchise. So some of these things you hope will amount to a first round win. Now, do you think the fans are going to have any difference? You mentioned that some of the fans are going to be there. I believe they're allowing 6,700. In the grand scheme of things, that's quite small, right? They normally would have 70 plus thousand fans screaming and spilling beer. So mm-hmm. that obviously would make a difference. Do you still think though that even 6,700 fans could give that advantage to the Bills or a further advantage to the Bills? I think with just the relationship that the Bills players have with this community and how much they appreciate the fans and the feeling is, is definitely mutual, um, that just seeing some fans in the crowd will give them a lift. Uh, they've been playing all season long in an empty stadium. So to go into the Bills stadium on Saturday and, and see some, fa- some faces in the crowd, you know, actually hear some crowd noise that's not manufactured, I think is, is a huge a huge uh, thing for this team just to keep propelling them forward on, on what appears to be a a unified mission to get to the Super Bowl, to win the Super Bowl. So you talk about the bills going to the Super Bowl potentially in this first round, would it be a massive disappointment if the bills lose? Would it be a shock to you if the bills lose? There's no question. The bills are the better team in this matchup. There's no question. They have more talent but that doesn't always amount to a win. So would you still be shocked if the Bills lost? I I don't think you'd be surprised if the Bills won, but would you be very disappointed if you saw them losing to a team like the Colts in the first round? Yeah, and I think, like I said in the first segment, there's there's a little bit of that trepidation going into this game, like uh, where you're not fully confident. So if they ended up losing, I think, you know, some of that playing into it will, would help with the acceptance of it. But at the same time, you know, this team has definitely turned a corner and you expect them now to, to make it further. And, you know, like we have said, the expectations of some are saying that uh, they're, they're Super Bowl contenders. So the expectations are higher. So it definitely would be a letdown. Um, and I think more so for, for the players themselves, I think they have set the bar high for themselves this season and they have seen what they can do on the field and, and they just have so much momentum going to have that stall in a wild card game would, would be a, would be a disappointment for sure. So coming into this game, you look at the Colts and the bills. They're two very different teams. They play two very different styles. What are the keys to the Bills winning this game? What exactly do they need to do to win this game? Is it just playing their game and doing what they do? Is it anything specific? Is it any specific player that needs to take a big step? What, what are your thoughts on that? I, you know, I don't think it's a specific player. I think they just have to keep doing what they're doing together as a team. They have to keep making plays um, on offense and keep that high-powered offense that they found in these in these past 10 games just to just keep it going um defense the defense has definitely stepped up i think in the past four games they've been statistically uh very good and they need to make plays they need to be as tight the run game concerns me a little bit with the colts you know they do have a good running back um they 
you know, Philip Rivers is, is good on the on screen pass, getting the ball out, um, getting running the running backs in space, especially Hines. So that concerns me a little bit, you know, can the bills, you know, step up when it comes to the run game? I don't think they'll have a problem scoring. Um, what I think they need to be, especially in this game is just really staunch with the run game. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I think it comes down to the run game. Can you stop rookie running back Jonathan Taylor? If you can stop him, I think you should win this game and you should win it handedly. If somehow Taylor can go off, I could see this being a closer matchup. So before we get to the final question here, which will be score prediction, how excited are you to just see Josh Allen come on the field and torch another team, especially in the playoffs? I would love it. And especially, you know, considering how last season um, ended in Houston when that game was definitely winnable. I mean, you look at the Houston team this season and, and you just go back to think, you know, we, we, I say we, the Bills kind of fell apart um, in that second half and especially Josh. I think he's just riding so high with his confidence. I think he learned a lot from that game. I don't, if, if the bills get behind, which they, you know, the season they have, I, you, you don't, don't see him get as raz, as razzled as he, as he did in that, in that last game last season, at the end of last season. And I think if, if that happens, he'll come, he'll approach it in a different way. Just think he's just better prepared and mentally, you know, his mechanics are so much better. I'm not going to go into that because it's been talked about all season. Uh, by analysts and, and during games and whatnot, but his, it's just, he's having fun and he, he, he knows what he's capable of. He has that confidence. He has the ability to kind of shake off those mistakes. And for all the people who sort of dogged him his first two seasons and some of it rightly so, I mean, his, with his completion percentage and, and stuff he had to work on, but he worked on it. He, he, he's constantly, fixing what he needs to fix he's constantly getting better and so for him to kind of have the spotlight it's it's a little bit of redemption I think and um just showing people that yeah I belong here and and I'm gonna take my team as far as I can go I love the point you bring up about learning something from that Texans loss because yes it was really hard to take. And you said we, because we all felt that whether we're on the field or we're just watching, you feel that letdown. You feel when you have the win and you lose it, that, that nothing is good in the world. But the thing is that loss has ideally catapulted this team. It's really helped a guy like Josh Allen learn. It was his first experience really learning what it's like to have a devastating loss and what you need to do so you can avoid that devastating loss. And I really think that coming into this playoffs, you better believe Josh Allen does not want to lose like that ever again. And mm -hmm. certainly not in the first round and certainly not in a, in a game where you have control. So I like that you bring that because I think that the team as a whole has learned from that. And I think we're going to see a different team. We've seen a different team this season. And I think we're going to see a different team this postseason. Now mm -hmm. for the final question for you, Lindsay, we have the score prediction. What do you think the score is going to be at the end of this game around four o'clock PM? Uh, well, I'm hoping, I'm hoping the bills pour it on uh, offensively. And I think that the digs Allen connection is just too good. Um, I'm going to go bills 34 and 
um, Colts uh, 21. 34 21. That is damn close to what I have here. Really? Uh, 33 <laughs> to 17 for the Bills. I, I like that. I, th- I think that I've talked about this for a while now. The Bills seem to win or, or at least give themselves a great chance when they're 30 plus points. And that's really where they've been at. By the end of the season, I believe they were in and around a little over 30 points per game. I think it might have been 31 points per game. So to me, they're going to be in that low 30s range. And really, if they stop the run like I'm hoping they will, I don't think the Colts are going to put up more than 14 to 21 points. I'm predicting them at 17. I think they're going to put up some points. I think the game could be close for the first little while, but I do see the Bills pulling away. Most importantly, because of like what you said, they have such a strong offense this year. And even though the Colts defense has been good, they're certainly not elite and it's not going to be enough to slow down the Bills offense and hold them to under 30. Lindsay, thank you so much for coming on. Great to have you on. We will definitely have you on again, especially closer to your to your book debut. I would love to talk more about that. I think our listeners would like to learn about it because it's something that I think a lot of people should learn about. That's pretty cool that there was a women's football league. Lindsay, thank you so much for coming on and go Bills. Yeah, definitely go Bills. And just a real quick, yeah, it is a, it's an important part of sports history. It's an important part of women's sports history. And we're just happy to bring the attention that, like I had said earlier, that these players deserve the attention and recognition. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. Hey, it's Ryan from the PP1 Podcast, a show about the Vancouver Canucks, but not just about the Canucks. Join myself and Ted Wong every single week for a seriously unserious chat about hockey, questionable food takes, we sprinkle in some dad jokes, and keep you updated on shows that ended well over 10 years ago, like Breaking Bad. Seriously, Ted, when are you going to be done watching that? We bring in guests on the regular, like former NHLers, head coaches, and even that guy that pulled off the Michigan. Yep, Mike Lake. Check out our cool swag on our Instagram and Twitter feeds. And if you're lucky, we might just give away the odd prize or two. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google, and on deanblundell.com slash podcast. And hopefully, your headphones. It'll be the second best thing you do today. You know, after that cup of coffee.